Welcome to the Wealth Matters Podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Pamar. Welcome to Wealth Matters Podcast. I am going to talk to Hather Drives today. She's the director of funding at Secured Investment Corp. And he's also a fund manager with one of the fastest growing companies in the private money marketplace in the US. And they focus on residential real estate investment. She's passionate about helping self-employed entrepreneurs and their families build wealth and succeed in their business ventures and helping investors deploy capital that is looking for a high yielding passive investment. So this is great because you know market has shifted and we know it's shifting and, and inflation is rampant, even though government is trying, but I still think the core inflation is over eight, nine percent. So this is you know perfect timing for our podcast because I do want to talk about residential real estate markets. So welcome, Heather. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. So we did start with this question so that we start on a lighter note. Tell us something interesting or funny about yourself. Oh, wow. Well, maybe interesting and probably funny to some is I raised two boys. <laughs> so I think you have to have a sense of humor to do that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've got um, interesting about me. My husband and I have been married 28 years, which is not common anymore. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of that. And we have two great kids. I call them kids, but they're young adults now. We have a 25-year-old that oh, wow. is a fireman. <laughs> full-time fireman. So that's a pretty sweet gig, especially if you're active in investing in real estate. Uh, and then we have a uh, 20, almost 23-year-old son who's uh, getting his master's degree in kinesiology. But probably the most interesting thing is my husband and I met playing college soccer. So um, that was where we met one another. And uh, back in the day, um, there weren't a lot of women's college soccer teams. So it's such a yeah. different place now. And it's exciting to see all the opportunities for female soccer players. So we're big soccer junkies. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure you watched the FIFA recently, right? Oh, great, yeah. Great World Cup, actually. It was, it was World Cup. We watch a lot of English Premier League. Right, of course. A lot of Turkish soccer, actually. Oh, My okay. brother loves Turkish, so we we get drugged into watching Turkish soccer. But yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about because this is an investment show uh, and wealth building show. What was your first investment, and how did it work out for you? Well, so my husband and I's first investment was a fix and flip. Oh, wow. <laughs> you, know? you started yeah. fix and flip. <laughs> we just jumped in with both feet. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> Being in the industry, being in the private money industry, you know, oh, I, I see. how hard could it be? You know, my my background comes from working with investors that I help deploy their capital. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of times we're deploying that through private money loans, uh, right. you know, and creating cash flow through, you know, those types of vehicles. Um, but I decided to go on the other side of the transaction and, and do our first fix and flip. And um, probably funny story, it took us 
way longer than we thought. Right, of course, <laughs> almost every time. <laughs> yeah, we were those investors at first that said, oh, we can do this. We're not going to pay right. someone to do this. So honestly, after this job, I'm going and helping lay tile and we're yeah. demoing a house. And I mean, it took us a year. Wow. Um, you know, there were lots of unforeseen things that came up that yes. we didn't plan for. And um, we broke even. So we had money tied up for 12 years, 12 years, 12 months, <laughs> 12 months, which is way longer than that should take. And we got out whole and and it was a great project. But, uh, uh, you know, I joke that I must have watched too much HGTV. HGTV and right. <laughs> I, uh, it was not like Chip and Joanna make it look. It's not glamorous. It's hard nope. work. Um, but that was really kind of my first taste of it. And um, it's kind of addicting, you know, every time we've done one, we're like, we're never doing that again. We'll just passively invest. And then, you know, 30 days later, we're looking at another deal and it's right. you get kind of, it's, it's hard to stay away when you are in, in the industry, right? <laughs> it is. It is. <laughs> so what kind of real estate do you invest in now? Do you mostly invest passively or you also do fix and flip or actively invest in a yeah. type of real estate? We, we still do the fix and flip, not as much. Um, right now we own rentals. So we have single family residential rentals because in a downturn market, real estate investors turn into landlords because yep. typically, historically, rents increase and, and the cash flow is so good. Um, you know, but we consider multifamily, you know, we've looked at some duplexes and triplexes and things like that but you know things right now we're more focused around the cash flow side of things we're both very busy so fix and flip is great it just requires a lot of your time even yeah, if yeah. you're even if you're not doing the work yourself you're managing subcontractors and making sure the project's getting done so we would prefer to be more on the passive and then and then investing in like our real estate fund and notes so yeah, and I, I agree. No, actually, no real estate investment is passive when you are when you have your name on the title, right? Or mortgage, right? Even if it's a single family rental, you still got to manage the property manager. Yeah. But when you jump to the fix and flip, it's a whole different world now because you are your money is tight. You you are or you are answering to your investors, and you mm -hmm. need to get that thing done as yeah. soon as possible and get it out of your plate, right? So you mentioned about real estate funds and I was looking at your bio. Tell us why real estate funds are one of the best alternative investments we can make. Well, I think for a lot of reasons, um, but a lot of the feedback that I get from my clients, and that's really kind of where I come from making that statement is it's passive, you know? And, and what I mean by that is I have clients that, are like me. They, they've done the fix and flip. They've owned tenants and toilet rental properties. And they're at a place where they're, they like the real estate asset, right? They want to invest in something that is secured by real estate, but they don't want to get the call from the tenant in the middle of the night that their toilet's plugged, or they don't want to be out trying to lend their own money or fix and flip their own house. What a fund can can provide is that same type of investment, that same type of security. But now you have a fund operator. As long as you find a good fund operator, you know that you align yourself with, and it's really a partnership. You know, you need to have confidence in the people that are managing that fund, and confidence that they have the experience and the infrastructure to manage those types of assets. 
you can reap the benefits of all those things, fixing and flipping, owning rentals, um, lending your own money, but you align yourself with an operator like us and you can invest your money and it's passive and you don't have to deal with it. The operator is the one that deals with all of those things. Um, and so we actually are pretty proud of the fact that we we have two funds. Um, one is for what people would be considered as high net worth accredited investors, which is pretty typical with a fund. Most funds or syndications, you have to qualify to invest in them. We actually have a fund for that. Uh, and then we actually have a fund that is for unaccredited investors too. And I think the biggest benefit is your hands off. You're not getting the calls in the middle of the night. You can still get double digit returns on your money without a lot of the headache. Uh, and then the, the other big benefit with a fund is, especially with ours, is we get a lot of clients that use self-directed IRA accounts, which is a great tool. If people aren't familiar with using tax deferred accounts like IRAs and 401ks, that kind of a vehicle with a self-directed custodian, those dollars can be invested in our funds. And most of our clients aren't at a, a place in their life where they're needing to take that money out, to taking what they would call uh, uh, required distributions on their IRAs. Yep. Um, but what they can do is they could set their account up in growth mode. This call I just got off on when I raced to do the podcast was these clients that have self-directed accounts, but they're still working and they don't need to take their required distributions on their IRAs. They'll set their account up in the fund and they just reinvest their earnings. So now they can compound it. it. So they don't have these small dollars going back and forth to their accounts and then they sit there undeployed. So I think that's a big benefit to a real estate fund also is if you find the right one, a lot of times you can just set it and forget it. You'll always know what your earnings are. Hey, I made X amount of dollars, but they just roll it at the fund level. Now your equity compounds, sometimes monthly, sometimes quarterly. Right. Um, and that's that's pretty powerful if you run the numbers on that, those types of investments. Oh, that, thank you for explaining that. So let's talk about future. And, uh, and I know with your experience, I want to hear, where do you see? the future of residential real estate markets headed. Yeah, well, you and I were talking before we started. Yes. We're excited. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you hate to say that out loud because it makes you kind of sound like, you know, you, you want to take advantage of, yeah, yeah. of downturn markets and, and people having to sell properties. But we're excited about where the market's going. I mean, it's been inflated for several years, right? You and I were just talking about your neighbor and, and the property that has sold twice and increased almost 70% in a couple right. of years. It had to it had to burst at some point. Do I think it's going to be like 2008? No, because no lenders have been lending 120% of the value, right? right? <laughs> we all took our, our wounds from that and learned yep. from it. But, you know, I think it's it's a different environment because I think you have you still have people that that own properties. If they do need to sell it, they have equity. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do think the values are cooling off. We're seeing in our local market, we have not seen a massive decline, but we're not seeing the increase in value that we yeah. saw even even six months ago, you know. Yeah. Um, which which is an opportunity for people like us, right? You know, we have more horsepower behind us as a fund to go and pay cash for properties instead of your one-off guy trying to work a deal with a guy that's a distressed seller. You know, we can walk in, hey, we could buy this property tomorrow. So we have we have more buying power. 
Um, and, and we're excited. We think that um, there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the market. Um, and if you adjust your numbers and you're buying right, you know, there's opportunity to buy it now, sometimes rent it because the, yeah. the rents are going up. So we're getting better cash flow. And then we wait. And once interest rates start coming down, we're going to see values start to go up again. We could refinance it. We could sell it. We're not seeing in our market um, as many properties for sale that has cooled off because I think people just aren't at the place where they want to accept that their house isn't right. what it was. That is the problem right now, I see, because one, they have low interest rate, which they, they, go, yeah. you know, which they got during 2022, uh, you know, 2021. And second, you know, they are not ready to accept that the values are cooling off right. or going down. Well, and most of those people would, you know, upgrade, right? Yes. You know, every five, six years. And you're right. Like, why would they go refinance a loan that they got at 2% to pay yes. six or seven? Um, and so they're they're just kind of on the sidelines. Where we've had a lot of opportunity is, is still distressed sellers. We've never really bought off the MLS market. We we buy off market deals. You know, we go to auction. We we find distressed landlords, and that's been a big opportunity too. Is you have some mom and pop landlords that went through COVID, they couldn't yes. enforce rents, you know, and now they're the, they're kind of the at auditorium, yeah, yeah, and they're like, I don't want to deal with these people anymore. They're not paying. I don't want to spend money to try to evict them. So we've bought a lot of properties that way, and then you know worked with the tenants to either get them out or get them paying. Um, so, you know, I think the opportunities out there, I think the biggest thing is you got to change your, your buy box, right? Like what, what worked for us 10 months ago is not the way we're buying now. Um, but like I mentioned before, we're excited. We, we see the real estate market, you know, shifting and cooling off as an opportunity for, for funds like ours and investors. So, um, we're pretty bullish on it. So how do you see, and I know right now as the same thing in my market, not a lot of inventory, right? Right. How do you see the real estate market react during the second half of 2023? Well, we have also seen, seen sales uh, cool off. I mean, we did not buy any assets in November and December and, and almost halfway into January. We are starting to see people that we made offers to on houses in October come back to us and say, well... We, we think we want to take your offer, right. <laughs> no, but it's like, like well, it's not the offer you're going to get now. <laughs> that's exactly right. It's like, you should have took the first one. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, for the second half of, of the year, we, we feel like sales are going to pick up again. They're already starting to we're, we're we have deals under contract twice as many this month as we had, you know, in January, I guess, February, we had more. Um, so we think that that's going to pick up. We think people are going to come to terms with the fact right. that the new norm is not 2% interest rate on mortgages. Mm -hmm. You know, where we're at right now is normal, but we all got spoiled. You know, we had yeah, free last money. 10 years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even just the last two or three. Last is two, what a bad. <laughs> money. You know, and I think people are going to finally come to terms with, you know, a five and 6% interest rate isn't terrible. You know, what we experienced the last two years is not normal. Yeah. So um, we're bullish on it. We think it's going to be where there's still going to be more opportunities to buy and then also to sell. So you think there'll be more opportunities in Q3 and Q4? Yes. Than now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And what are some of the markets you guys operate in? 
So we, so there's two sides to our business. One is the debt side. So we lend money. Right. We're a private lender, um, and we're just about nationwide. Okay. I mean, we are in almost every single state. Some of the hotter markets we're seeing are the Carolinas. Yes, um, yeah, New Jersey. We're seeing a lot of opportunity there. Um, Florida is a great market. People are moving to Florida like crazy. Um, we love the Florida market. We like Texas. Yeah. Um, Illinois is still a pretty strong market for us. Um, and actually, uh, Detroit market is kind of regentrifying. Oh, really? Yeah, we're doing some lending there. So that's the debt side of it. The actual acquisitions that we buy are always only going to be local. And that's going to be specifically in the Pacific Northwest. So Spokane, Washington, and then in a town called Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, which is a northern Idaho area. Um, it's a very popular area. Both Spokane and Coeur d'Alene have had a lot of growth and and we continue to see it. Um, right now, it's just a big inventory issue. You know, people want to move here and, and people that live here want to sell, but now they, you know, are kind of priced out of the market, you know, because they, they can sell their houses and, and make really good money, but now they need a place to move. So that's where we see the opportunity with the rentals. You know, now there's a huge need for rentals also in our market. So, you know, we're focusing both on the fix and flip, but then also on buying and, and cash flowing rentals also. And what are some of the strategies you use to acquire in your local market? Uh, we pull a lot of out-of-town homeowners uh, lists. We we have an acquisition team that sits outside this room and that's all they do is call. Um, so we'll find those. We do, um, we work the foreclosure list. We will, we do buy quite a few properties um, for people that, Instead of them going all the way to foreclosure, you know, we'll buy their right. piece of real estate. They get some capital. They can go relocate. Um, but mostly off market. We used to go a lot to auction. That has not been as advantageous as it was. You know, there was that moratorium for, what, two oh, years? Two years, yep. <laughs> and it still hasn't caught up. I mean, you still haven't. I think you will start to see more of those, you know, because they lifted that quite some time ago. But, you know, foreclosures take forever. So, you know, by the time you actually see those hit the market, they're probably a year, you know, down the road from when they started the foreclosure. So those are just some different strategies. But honestly, we're always looking at changing it because, you know, what worked six months ago is not working right now. And we just have to be able to kind of make those small tweaks and, and get creative. We're seeing a lot of... Uh, a lot of opportunity with seller carried back financing yes. when selling and also assuming people's loans. So we've been able to buy some properties where we've assumed their loans that they're 3%. 3% off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are great deals. Yes. So those are some other strategies. Well, that Yeah, those deals are great because you are buying at much lower price, but you are also assuming their loan at much lower interest rates. So right. It's a total win situation, win-win. We like those deals. So let me ask you this. What are some of the mistakes you have made with your own investments? Uh, trying to do things myself. <laughs> 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 trying to do things myself. Um, also, you know, and, and just in full transparency, we, we bought some real estate and used private money and didn't refinance it quick enough and probably would have been had a little bit better cash flow if we had taken advantage of that cheap money 
um, but weighted, you know, those are probably the biggest ones. But I think like, and I even look at our clients, you know, the, the ones that we lend money to that have the challenges, they are the ones that try to do it themselves. They don't want to hire a subcontractor because, right. you know, they look at the money, you know, and say, well, what I'm, I'm going to pay double for that. But time is money. The quicker you can yes. get in and out of those deals, your profit's better. That's the reality. So you have to work those numbers into your equation. I, I call this as every time as an investor, we look at ROI, return on uh, investment, but we don't look at ROT, return on time. And that, right. is, that is a big component of our return, right? That's a great point. I'm going to write that one down, return on time. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so every time I tend to look at experts, right? If there is someone who can do it better than me, Let's go with that person, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Our CEO says that he surrounds himself by employees that are smarter and do things better than him. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's how things work. Yeah. What has been your best deal so far? Like if you can share numbers. Oh, gosh. Um, we have a couple deals. We, we have, I don't have exact numbers in front of me, but um, we've had a couple deals that we bought and turned in 30 days and not done a thing to them, you know, and that's more that of like the last year, right? That yeah. Yeah. That's a whole, yeah, that's not, <laughs> you, didn't have to do you know, those wholesale deals yeah. where you buy it and you, you turn around and market it and it's gone. You know, the ones that we haven't been as profitable on are the ones that we try to do too much to, you know, we try to, we had one that we literally took the roof off of to add square footage and we our our return on investment was like 3%. And we've had other ones where we put lipstick on them <laughs> and yeah, and we'll get a 25% return, you know, on something that we held for 90 days. Yeah. So, you know, we've learned that you don't want to over rehab and, and improve properties because a lot of times you just don't get the dollars out of it. It takes too long. You have too much upfront cost. Um, and the other thing that we focus around and my husband and I do this and as well as our organization we are under, we, we buy properties and invest in things under the FHA cap. So uh, we will not lend money, nor will we buy a house or a property for that matter, that the resale value is over the FHA cap. Because mm. when you get over that FHA cap, your pool of buyers yeah, is, is, you know, a fraction. Right. Um, the other thing too, is if you're under the FHA cap, if you can't sell it, you can cash flow it. Usually those, you know, like a three bedroom, two bath, uh, those are great rentals, you know, and, and the, the rents are so amazing on those that, you know, if the, the project doesn't go as planned and you decide you just want to cash flow it for a while, you can get really good rents to, you know, um, create cash flow or service your debt. Oh, this was great. Thank you. Are you ready for fire round? I'm ready. <laughs> Would you be changing any business or investment strategy because of this inflation or upcoming recession? Um, yeah, like I mentioned to you before we started, my husband and I have changed our strategy to own, to hold rentals right now, rather than fix and flip. Um, they're just, they're more profitable for us at this point. And, you know, we're not really necessarily looking for cash flow, but we're, our strategy is, Hey, in 10 years, when we want to be done and, and live off of our investments, you know, we have these cash flowing properties that we could keep or we could sell them. Right. That's great. Favorite investment, real estate or business book? Oh, boy. Well, what's funny is our company 
um, we do a book of the month club. So we pay our employees a hundred dollars to read a nice. book every month. Uh, and they have to do a book report on it. Um, so right now I'm kind of going old school. I'm actually having my team read rich dad, poor dad Oh, okay. Yeah. that I read forever ago, nice. but I don't think it ever gets old. Nope. Any tool or website you recommend, or you cannot live without. Oh gosh. There's a lot of them. <laughs> Yeah, you can mention uh, them. <laughs> I know. I use I use uh, Rentometer a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, for that, I mean, honestly, as silly as this sounds and as simple, I use Zillow a lot. Yeah. Um, just as like the initial. Um, we actually have a system um, here within our company um, called SendFuse, and it is a a software system where you can put a property address in. And you essentially can pull up and see what the property owner owes on the property. You can get a small chain of title on it. That way, when you're making the offers, you know, and they come back with some ridiculous counter offer, you can, you know, at least you have the knowledge like, hey, they only owe X amount of dollars um, and you can you can negotiate a little bit better. And so that's something we call SendFuse. Um, and I use that often. Um, tells you who the property owner is tells you what they owe on the property, when they bought it. And then, like I said, it'll give you a chain of title too. That's awesome. Any advice for beginner investors? You know, I the biggest advice I can tell people is two things. One, you just have to get started. And the second is you don't have to have big dollars. You know, whether you're, and I look at investors as really kind of two buckets, really active investors that are hands-on and then my clients that are really passive that, you know, most of the time have capital um, and, and some do both. But one of the common things I hear from people is I thought I had to have a lot of money to get started. No, if you're active, you got to have the right deal. The money will come. The money's the easy part. Finding the good deal is the hard part. And if you're passive and you're not, you know, someone that wants to manage a rehab and deal with tenants and toilets, we have a fund that yields seven to eight percent, and it's got a minimum investment of a thousand dollars. Everybody can get started with that. Everybody. Right. And I just think that so many people sit on the sidelines because they think that they have to have this large amount of capital to start investing. That's just not true. You know, so my advice is get started, you know, get a hold of us. You can invest in real estate with as little as a thousand dollars. There are opportunities out there. You don't have to have a large amount of capital, but you do have to start somewhere because if you don't do it today, you're going to be five years down the road having the same conversation with yourself. Well, I'll get started next year or I'll get started when I have right. more money. They just, you have to get started. I agree. How do you give back? Oh, we do a lot of things. We have a ministry. Um, our company uh, has a ministry. He's the solution. Um, we do a lot of things through that ministry. We go over to Mexico, we build homes, uh, once a year, uh, in I believe it's September we go. Um, and so we get back that way. Uh, we do a lot of team building activities where we go to some of our local charities and do, you know, Habitat for Humanity where we've built homes, you know, we've done some other programs where we, assist senior citizens with assistance on their houses, cleaning yards up and things of that nature. Um, and then we do quite a bit of donating too. I think it's really important to give back. You know, if everybody 
looks at their story, you know, that is in the position you and I are in, somebody else helped us along the way, right? And, you know, mentoring and educating is also a big part of that for me, you know, educating people with the tools they need to make good, good investment decisions and, and really mentoring people. I just got off a call earlier this morning with a client of ours that bought a program and his mom just had a couple strokes. And so he wanted to pull his investment out of our fund. And, you know, after talking with him, he has all the two, all he needed to come up was $5,000. He's trying to build a, an ADU unit in his backyard uh, for his mom. Okay. And he needed five grand. I said, why would you pull your money out here that's earning 8% when you have the tools to start brokering loans and you just haven't, you could uh, earn $5,000 with one loan you broker. So, you know, mentoring him to like get refocused and have the confidence in himself. I said, you know, all this information, you just have to put yourself out there. So I think that's another big way to give back to people is everybody has a desire to, you know, be in a better financial situation and create wealth for themselves. And I think that's something as an organization, we also do on a grand scale is, you know, we're here to teach people and educate people. And, you know, if they follow the path and the the programs that we put together, they will create financial freedom through real estate. Um, but sometimes they just need a little more coaching and a little more, you know, just encouragement that they can do it. No, this is awesome. How can my listeners reach out to you? They can get a hold of me at our website uh, at Secured Investment Corp. I don't know if you're going to put the link to that up there, but yeah. Uh, Secured Investment Corp. We've got lots of information on there about our funds. We also sell notes. So if any of you listening are really active note buyers, we sell a lot of notes also. Uh, and they can personally get in touch with me there. I, I'm, you know, passionate about what we teach and, you know, the the opportunities that we provide to invest, whether it's passive or active. And I'd love to talk with them more. So just visit the website and they can schedule an appointment with me. Thank you so much, Heather, for your time today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.